0: This is H.P.R. episode 2589 entitled Saving Money, a response to Clark's personal finance series. It is hosted by John Kulp and is about 14 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is a response to Clark's very nice series about personal finance.
1: This episode of H.P.R. is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Music
0: Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana. You might be asking yourself, "Who? who is this? I've never heard of this guy, John Culp. Um, It has been a very long time since I recorded an episode. My apologies for that. I've been very, very busy at work and have not been able to keep up the frantic pace at which I used to contribute episodes, but um, I was listening to... A couple of episodes recently done by Klatu about personal finance. Sorry, the air conditioner just cut on as soon as I was starting to record, and that's going to make noise in the recording here. Um, and I wanted to respond a little bit to a couple of things that Klaatu said in there about saving. Um, he's right on point that it's very difficult to save money early on in your career, When you're not making very much money, because it can be hard just to meet your financial obligations every month. But uh, there are some ways, and I can share with you a couple of the ways that I used to save when I was in graduate school. That was when I was earning a little bit of money, but really not very much. Um, One thing that I did that was offered through the University of Texas, as I was a state of Texas employee. While I was a um, graduate assistant at the University of Texas, so I had some teaching duties, and um, and I also worked for a while at the Humanities Research Center on campus. You know, just getting paid by the hour and whatnot. But they offered a pretty easy way to buy United States savings bonds, and um, bonds are. Right, I'm not. I'm still not sure whether that was a good idea for me to do it or not. But my parents used to buy them. And I think they thought it was a pretty good idea. My dad's pretty savvy financially. He's a guy who grew up poor and, um, and now is living a very good retirement because he had a plan. You know, the, having a plan is half the battle, I think. And he grew up in a family that didn't have enough money to send any of the kids to college. And so he had to figure out a way uh, to make that happen. And the way that he chose was to join the military. Which paid for his uh, schooling. So he joined the Air Force. They paid for his way through college at Florida State. And then um, he served in the Air Force for 20 years. And along the way, they paid for him also to get a PhD in mathematics, which prepared him for a second career that uh, he started right. You know, I think he retired on 20 years to the day after starting in the Air Force, because if you serve 20 years in the Air Force or any of the other branches of the U.S. military, you get a lifetime pension after that of $25,000 a year. And that was part of his plan all along. And so then he had a, since he had a PhD in mathematics, he had credentials for a career in academia after that. And so he became a college professor and then he worked his way up in that from rank and file faculty to department chair to Uh, vice president at a little school in nashville tennessee and was able to retire at a fairly early age i think at around 60 or so and uh, now he's enjoying a comfortable retirement but he's always been a big fan of saving money (laughs) i mean he he talks about all the ways that he used to scrimp and save back in the day and one of them was he learned how to fix his own car um, because he couldn't afford to pay mechanics to fix it but the air force base where he was stationed had a really good um workshop where you bring your car in and work on it yourself. They had all the tools. They had jacks and lifts and things like that. And they even had some people that might be able to give you pointers on uh, how to do things. And he learned quite a lot and was able to fix his own car by just buying the parts and installing them himself. Uh, He and my mom also habitually bought houses that were Less expensive and smaller than what the realtors told them they could afford because they, also, they didn't want to have too high of a mortgage payment. They wanted to be able to stock some of the money away for savings every month, pretty much their whole lives. And so he, um, and this falls into the, um, the category of what uh, Klaatu mentioned also, which is, you know, the basic principle is to spend less money than you earn. And uh, my parents were always great models for that behavior. So, uh, and I know that one of the instruments they used for savings was U.S. Savings Bond, and the idea behind those is that there's a certain face value to the bond, uh, say $100, but when you buy the bond, you only pay $50, and then you have to let it mature, and after, I don't know, 20 or 25 years after you pay $50 for it, it will be worth $100 and you can redeem it for that amount. And I still have those things around here somewhere. They actually might be ready to redeem by now. I've I've kind of forgotten about them. And um, that's part of the um, strategy of saving also, is just put the money away and don't think about it anymore. The, The more effective saving strategy that I came up with was during the time when I was trying to figure out how i was going to pay for a new guitar um <clears throat> my dad had purchased a guitar for me that got me through college it was a, a nice guitar a, a very nice uh, 1969 ramirez got a great deal on it uh for i think two thousand dollars and my dad financed that because it was you know, essential to my studies in college and he had the means and decided to support me and I'm, I'm very grateful to him for that um Around 1993, I think it was, I got on the waiting list for a guitar builder in, um, I think at the time he was in Washington State. He moved out to Hawaii for a while, and then I think he moved back to Washington. But his name is Robert Ruck. If you look up Robert Ruck classical guitars on eBay, you'll see his guitars there. They're, They're very, very nice guitars, and he builds them in batches of maybe, I think he builds maybe 25 guitars a year and um they're not the kinds of things you can just go to the store and buy um but I got on his waiting list and when I got on the waiting list he estimated that it would be 8 years before my name came up and my guitar would be ready and so I thought well now is the time I need to start figuring out how I'm going to pay for this thing because the price was going to be in the neighborhood of $5,000 and I didn't have any money <laughs> um so Uh, I started looking into investments, but like Klaatu said, when you don't have much money to start out with, it can be difficult to gain entry into the investment world. But um, somebody gave me the advice to buy a copy of either Money Magazine or something like that and just look through it for mutual funds. And so I found an advertisement for Transamerica Funds, which is based in San Francisco, I believe and almost all of the mutual fund advertisements in the magazine required something like $2500 of initial buy-in if you wanted to just buy in some mutual funds but a couple of them said well if you don't want if you don't have that much money there's still a way to start investing and i think the the campaign slogan for Transamerica was and i quote be an investor so they they were aiming this particular ad at people who wanted to invest but just didn't have much money. And the way they would let you into the mutual fund market was if you committed to have a monthly deduction from your uh, banking account of at least $50. And so I started doing that. Uh, I didn't have any money to open the account at all. I just pledged $50 a month that would be automatically withdrawn from my banking account and invested into this mutual fund. And so I started doing that and pretty much forgot about it. I think I drew some out when I needed to buy the, um, the Ruck when my name came up. Actually, the first time my name came up, I elected to defer for another year because I still didn't have the money. And then when uh, my name came up again, I actually decided to sell my Ramirez, which uh, I was able to sell for $4,000. So I got twice the amount that my dad paid for it. And I still needed to come up with about, I don't know, 600 bucks or something. So I think I cashed out part of my mutual fund, uh, which by then had grown uh, a little bit. Um, and after that, I never did stop contributing to it. I still contribute to it. At some point when I actually got a real job with a salary, I bounced uh, my monthly contribution up to $100. And I think that's where it is now. It's possible that I put it up to $200 at some point, but I just don't remember I mean, at this point, I'm making enough in my uh, job as a professor and director of the School of Music where I can uh, do um, other kinds of investments as well. But that mutual fund, we actually just drew quite a large sum of money out of that to pay for renovations on a new house that we bought. And it, it illustrates the point that if you just get in the habit of saving this money, even if it's not that much, $50 a month or $100 a month, and just let it go and forget about it, Um, years later, you'll find out, man, there's a lot of money there. I I think before I took out this latest bid, there was something like $24,000 in that account. And that all built up by uh, contributing $50 a month over a number of years. And um, any of the dividends that were earned on that were just reinvested. And so it just builds up and builds up. The, The main principle with investing is uh, if you can take a long, long-term long approach to it, that's your, your best bet. Now, in my current position, <clears throat> I have something similar to to what uh, Klaatu talked about, which is the, the 401k. In non-profit organizations, there's a similar instrument called the 503C. I think it's 503, or maybe 503B. Um, 403B? I, I forget what it's called. But anyway, I, I use an outfit called TIAA-CREF and they are known for um catering to educators higher education and stuff like that but it's um it's a similar kind of retirement uh account and you can actually we actually have a mutual fund through them as well but they've got different retirement kinds of accounts you can do and what we do my my wife and I both is we have the maximum amount allowed um deducted from our salaries before taxes and put into this retirement account it's called a a tax deferred annuity the idea is that you can sock money away without paying taxes on it and then when you start drawing that money out at retirement that's when you pay the taxes on it and so this is what they call this uh, when you sign up for it is a voluntary salary reduction And so my take-home pay each month is much less than it would be if I didn't uh, save for retirement. But also when it comes tax time, I don't have to pay taxes on that amount of my salary that was put into the um, retirement account. I will be paying taxes on that when I'm in my retirement years. Um, and that was, that was difficult to get started as well. At first we couldn't do it because I wasn't making enough money and I was the only salary. But then when my wife also got a job and we started making more, and then the best thing (laughs) was when we got our kids out of the private schools where we were paying tuition every month and into the uh, gifted program in the public schools, not only were they getting a better education, but also we did not have to pay any more, um, tuition. And so all that money that we used to pay in tuition, we started Investing on our retirement accounts, so it can take a while to get there in your uh, career. But um, getting into the habit of saving is possible even when you're not making much money, and that's something I would definitely encourage people to try to do. I guess that's all the um, advice I would have. Anyway, also just you know get in the habit of not spending as much on stuff if you don't have to. I mean, even with the decent salary I make. I still do about, I don't know, 70% of my clothing shopping at Goodwill because I can get a shirt there for four and a half dollars and let somebody else pay the original price of 40 or $50 for it. You know, I mean, why should I pay that when I can uh, buy it used for just a, a few dollars? And so uh, my wife and I both, even though we could probably technically afford to uh, buy all of our clothing new we don't usually just because we're in the habit ever since graduate school that was how we did it and we're we're just still in that habit so uh, you might call it being a cheapskate but uh, we call it not spending money that we don't have to all right Uh, well i'm glad to be back on hpr and i hope it won't be too much longer before i do another episode i've got a couple more things i want to talk about uh, including i'll give a little teaser here uh, I bought a 1948 console radio that's uh, powered by tubes, and um, it's really, really cool. So, I want to talk about that and then let you hear it and stuff, but that will be a separate episode. I know Ken Fallon would be very upset with me if I jammed that different topic into this episode. <laughs> okay, great being back. I will talk to you guys again hopefully very soon. Okay, bye. <music>